Todd Gibson, currently the director of athletics uh, at, at Grove City College, but was a senior political science student on uh, September 11th, 2001. My recollection of the day uh, was that it was on a Tuesday and it was uh, a chapel day. And being a senior, I possibly did not attend that that chapel. And um, so woke up as uh, everything was just starting to, to, to happen. And my first class was right after chapel was a speech class with Betsy Craig. Um, and I really hadn't paid much attention to the, to the news. Maybe it's not a typical college student thing to get up and watch the news when you're, when you're 21 years old, but um, I, I had not. And when I got to class, the first person that really said anything about it to our class or, or to me was um, uh, Betsy, and she said either a, a brief prayer or made some comments about that's really awful what's happened in New York City, but no one really knew at that point what you know what was was happening. It was I was told there was a plane crash into one of the World Trade Center um, uh, towers, and that was pretty much it. So when that class was over, or the class I don't remember if the class ended earlier or was over, but I remember getting back to my room and still not grasping everything that had gone on. Uh, when the first tower was collapsing, I walked in and I lived in a suite in Hopeman um, with seven other people, and uh, they were all in in a room with couches and and the TV, and everyone was crowded around. And kind of at that moment, walked in, realized that it was a lot bigger than what we uh, uh, than what I had thought, and the uh, watched the first tower. Collapse, and at that point, uh, the gravity of the of the situation really became a lot more apparent. But I remember starting to think of like, well, who do I know in New York City? What you know, what's going on? Um, and as we went through the rest of the day, I believe, and and people could check this, classes continued on campus as 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 normal. And being a political science major. Um, it was discussed in classes as to what you know what was going on at some point realized it was a terrorist attack and then uh, at one point something I remember distinctly because I had a lot of friends in, in Pittsburgh was that, that had graduated and were working and, and uh, living in that area was the flight uh, flight 93 that ended up in Somerset there was rumor for a little bit that it was headed towards Pittsburgh and, and it was like sort of going around the campus and it did basically fly over, over Pittsburgh. So there was concern, like, where was that plane going? What was going to happen? And, and then uh, ultimately it crashed uh, south of, of Pittsburgh. But you start to, to make connections. My, my wife now, uh, my girlfriend at the time, her father uh, was a state policeman. He actually worked at the training center for the state police in southwest Pennsylvania. Uh, but he had done a number of um, a number of different duties. Like he had worked with Tom Ridge when he was the governor, and been like on his protection detail, and done some different things. And so when the plane crashed in Somerset, he was not a first responder in the sense of um, he had to go there to try to get find survivors or, or anything like that. But actually was uh, called to go and essentially guard the uh, 
the Flight 93 site, so be one of the people that would help secure the area. And so, obviously, my, my girlfriend at that time was concerned about, okay, well, he was going down into this area, and what did, you know, what exactly did that, that mean? And, and again, we still really didn't, um, still really didn't, didn't know. One of my roommates, uh, Jay Musselman, who his parents had been on a, a vacation to Arizona at the time, and they were supposed to be flying back that morning on a flight from, from Arizona. And we had a, a very stressful few hours where, uh, you know, it was 2001, cell phone, everybody didn't have cell phones. It wasn't, it wasn't a normal thing. I think I had a cell phone that my dad would get mad at me because I wouldn't keep it charged. It was like for emergencies and I would never even have it charged. It was like in the bottom of the, uh, console in my, in my car. Um, but I remember Jay trying to scramble to find out essentially, uh, where his parents were, were they in a plane that was in the air somewhere? And, and, uh, eventually after a few hours, um, there was contact, uh, they were still in Arizona. Um, and that story played out over a couple of days where they ended up, I believe, sharing a rental car with someone to try, to try to get back across the country. It took them a number of days with everything being shut down. Um, so, so that was kind of, there was a lot happening. Um, and obviously people on campus were trying to figure out, uh, who they knew where and what was going on and what connections to any of the flights and, and, um, uh, a memory that, that will never uh, leave me is um, an acquaintance uh, was doing an interview that morning with Merrill Lynch. And they were having a discussion uh, early on with someone. It was, it was earlier in the morning. And uh, uh, I, I can't even tell you the name of the person that told me this, but I remember the, the story and, and this all playing out that day. The, per, the man he was interviewing with said, hold on a second, there's something they're saying I have to get off the phone, and that was it. And so he was talking to somebody at that, at that moment, and, and so, you know, obviously Merrill Lynch was one of the hard, one of the, the building, one of the companies in, in uh, the tower, so you don't know what, what happened. And again, it's not a great story because I, I can't give you specific people, but I remember talking to people and, and having those experiences. Uh, for me, being a senior in, in, on the football team, the week kind of continued to progress, like from progress from an athletic standpoint. Nobody really knew what it meant. Um, nobody knew if we should practice. I mean, we didn't feel unsafe on Grove City College's campus um, at that point. By by the middle of the afternoon, um, we really didn't know if uh, we were going to go to practice. And when we came out from practice, they were going to figure out that it was another country that had done this, and we were going to be at war. Or you know, nobody really knew what was was going on, but. Uh, Chris Smith was our football coach, and I remember as we were warming up for practice, uh, saying to him, "Like, do you think that we'll uh, they're going to cancel the games this weekend?" And he said, "No." He said, "Nobody seems to be indicating that." And on that point, on Tuesday, we practiced, and uh, we were supposed to play the College of Worcester on the upcoming Saturday um, in in Grove City. At that point, um, everybody was still playing. I believe on Wednesday, everyone was still playing. And then, um, actually similar to COVID in the last year, different conferences started to make different decisions. And so the conference that uh, Worcester was in a different conference than we were, so their conference said, we're not playing any sports the rest of the week. And so they weren't playing football on the weekend. And um, at some point, the NFL canceled its games, which then prompted the NCAA to say, we're not going to play games um, anywhere that week. 
so that was a big uh, I think the I keep saying the term of the gravity but but the the seriousness of the, of the situation started to set in when there were hundreds of college football games canceled across the country. Interestingly enough, my father was a high school football coach in Ohio, and so they still played. And uh, I went back and watched them play a football game on, on Friday night, and I remember the messaging, the message from the coaches, which was a really uh, a cool a cool message. I really thought at that at that moment a sad message, but was when they talked to the team before the game, uh, the pep talk was kind of give all the people that are here watching something else to think about rather than what's been going on, you know, in, in the, uh, in the last week. And, and so I remember that was a, uh, a big moment, a lot of flags and a lot of, of, of um, stuff like that. And, and so the athletics disruption was a big deal to, uh, to us. And it actually led to, um, we ended up playing the game against Worcester, but there were special NCAA rules that you were allowed to make games up. We, we actually played a football game on Friday afternoon before Thanksgiving break. It was a weird. I think we actually played it Friday at like 11 a.m. against Worcester the Friday before Thanksgiving because everybody just wanted to play one more football game, and that game had been canceled or postponed because of 9-11. So it was a, uh, a very strange time. I still have a framed picture at home um, uh, of our first football game back at Grove City after 9-11, us taking the field. And it's a, it's a, uh, a unique picture of the whole team coming on. But uh, I remember Jesse Kosher and Josh Sacklepin were Jesse was number nine and Josh was number 11. And they had them carry flags out on the field as, as we went, uh, as, as we came onto the field. And, and so, yeah, I have a lot of, uh, a lot of memories like like that. I remember the campus being quiet for a few days as everybody just tried to figure out what it what it meant. Um, I think for those of us that were close to being done with college, I, I think that there was a lot of uh, not knowing what was going to happen and you thought about World War II and things like that starting. I think there was some stress, at least thinking about it like what was it going to mean like were we going to be entering a period like was it were we attacked like Pearl Harbor was this going to mean we were going to go into a war which to a point we did thankfully there was no draft or there was no but but we were those discussions happened like what was the next step going to be so that's my my big recollections um I remember it was such a strange time with football and with other things, it was sort of like dis- disjointed. Like we were trying to figure out, well, were we going to play a game, which wasn't the most important thing, but there was like that part of, of life. Then there was the academic part of it where some professors were more affected than others. Um, some professors knew people there. Uh, there were, I'm sure there were students that had relatives or friends or family that were, that were in that area or, or possibly in the, in the building. So, um, I do believe there was some sort of event vigil type of uh, thing on campus, but I can't can't tell you that I was that I was there. It was a memory for for sure, and, and every time it comes up, I think I remember it more vividly because because I work here and because I was here, and so it always like you connect dots to that day. And I remember just sitting. Um, just sitting watching TV for like hours at a time where they weren't really telling you anything different 
but they just kept showing the buildings falling down and the replay of the uh, the planes hitting and everything and, and uh, just being just mesmerized by all of the coverage. It was sort of um, like now every time you turn on, if you turn on CNN or Fox News or MSNBC, the, the headline is always breaking news. It was across the bottom. I feel like that was the first, that was like the first like 24-hour news cycle that was like really focused on one event and everything was breaking news. Like things would come in and rumors were the planes came from this area or another plane was in the air somewhere else or you know there were so many um, so many different uh, things that popped up again because of my connection here and knowing that I'm in the same place that when I heard about it obviously I was not personally uh, affected but I think um, it's amazing to think about how different the world is 20 years later um, I mentioned earlier, like, just cell phones. I mean, what a difference. Again, some people had cell phones, but not everyone had a cell phone, or your family might have one cell phone at that time. So if your husband or wife had a cell phone in, in one of the towers, they could maybe make a call, but maybe they didn't have it. But I think about now, like, how much information would have been out there and the social media presence, and, and uh, I wonder what it would have been. I wonder what it would have been like. And just again, I mean, the world 20 years, it, it doesn't feel like it, um, but there had to be there definitely so many things that are that are different. And I mean, even traveling on airplanes is a lot different, and that hasn't, that hasn't led up since, you know. But the interesting thing is it's kind of the same procedure that it's been since kind of the week after, you know, week after September 11th happened. Um, so some things have definitely uh, stuck around. But every year around September 11th, when all the shows come on and stuff, I, I, I do, uh, I, I get pulled in by them, and you start to have those, I watch the same shows, they probably have two or three shows that they play every year, and you're like, yep, and then uh, I've watched uh, some things with my, my 10-year-old daughter, but she's asked questions because they learned about it at her school, and to, to kind of, uh, to try to make sense of why people would do that to other people or feel that strongly that they should be a suicide bomber is a challenging conversation. I think I think that has kept um, conversations going, you know, in our family, and also with my my father-in-law's connection uh, to that. And he, he has gone back uh, to like the Flight 93 Memorial and, and some of those things um, quite often. Um, because of his memories from the, basically, essentially, as he talks about it, like guarding a hole, essentially, is what he did.